listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we are talking all about some brand new legislation called the Modern Slavery Act. And to have this discussion with us, we have on board Fiona Yeend from our very own Aspect Legal, who's going to give us an overview of what it's about and how it relates to you in business. Fiona, Thank you for coming back. Hello. Hello, Joe. How are you? I'm fabulous. I'm fabulous. And I'm geared up today to talk about this new legislation. I tell you what, nothing changes very often in the world of law. So boy, we get excited when there's some new legislation, right? <laughs> Correct. That's very true. And we actually have two pieces of legislation this time. Not one, but two and some steak knives thrown in as well. I love it. Fiona, I love it. <laughs> Exactly. But the problem is, of course, we would have the same piece of legislation at Commonwealth and state level. No, we have a New South Wales Act, the Modern Slavery Act. And just to make it more confusing, we have a Modern Slavery Act Commonwealth. And they are slightly different, but for the purposes of our clients, they need to know some stuff and start doing some things now, but the differences won't really make a difference to them. Fabulous. Okay. I love it. I love our complex system here. It's just very interesting for the man on the street. So let's get stuck into this, Fiona. Let's step back a little bit and talk about what this act is about. And and I guess, why is it important? Why are we talking about it today? Yeah, okay. So the acts are about trying to prevent modern slavery, not by taking positive action, but by making people report on it. So what they've done is they've set some threshold limits, different at Commonwealth and state level, but they've set these limits so that these large entities in Australia and New South Wales will report on modern slavery and then in theory, the punter or the consumer like you or I will look at their reports and decide whether to engage those entities or not if we don't think they're doing enough to stamp out modern slavery. Mm. So there's a couple of things that come out about it. There's obviously a disclosure element, which people will need to comply with, but also what is modern slavery? I don't know, but myself, I think of slavery as something that happened quite a few hundred years ago and was being stamped out. So what does that mean to our clients is quite an important thing that they need to understand as well. And I think, you know, delving into who this is applicable to, and then maybe we'll talk about what it actually means. Whilst this is applicable to large businesses, and maybe you can give us some thresholds in a moment, but whilst this is applicable to large business, I feel that it's also relevant to smaller businesses to the extent that they might be part of the supply chain into large businesses or businesses who are captured by the legislation. So I think the first point has to be even, you know, assuming you're a business that's not captured by the threshold, it might still be be relevant to you if you are any part of the supply chain whatsoever that ends up in one of these large businesses that are captured. That's exactly it. So what happens if you're a business at a Commonwealth level with over 100 million in revenue across your entire business, or in New South Wales, it's only $50 million worth of revenue, 
you need to do some disclosure statements talking about how you address modern slavery through your supply chain. And it's very much that supply chain. So it's digging down to each of the suppliers. And so the question will come to SMEs, for example, as to how do you deal with modern slavery? And those guys are going to say, okay, well, this is how I do it or what the risks are and how do I do it? And then the larger entities are going to take those answers and put them into their statements and rely on those answers, okay? So our smaller businesses, they're going to get caught up in it. At the New South Wales level, there's fines of $1.1 million if your statement is incorrect. So that puts a lot of incentive on these larger organizations to push down onto their suppliers and say, you need to get this right. You need to guarantee this information to me because I'm going to rely on it. It is going to come down and bring pressure to the smaller players. So it is going to affect industry across the whole. We'll talk about this a bit in action steps, but I guess it's probably worth bearing in mind as we're talking about this, there's probably two approaches generally that businesses need to take in thinking about the application of this legislation to them. It's about number one, their own behaviour and their own understanding of their own supply chain. But number two will also be the adequacy of the clausing used within their contract. So I think there's both a process element and a contract element that businesses need to be thinking about here from both sides of the fence. So delving a little bit more into what the legislation covers, maybe let's now do that step back into what modern slavery is. How is the legislation defining modern slavery and what what is it really about preventing? Okay, so really what it's about preventing is people who are forced to work or restrained from exercising their rights based on their working relationship. So it can be as extreme as you'd say, you know, depends who are like in debt bondage and the things that you hear about. Or it could be something as simple as not being able to take breaks, being restricted in your work hours and your conditions, not being able to find your own housing, having to be housed in the employer's housing. Okay. So there's quite a few things that it can trigger. It's not as it's not it's not the extreme that we think of when you think of historical slavery. It's people who really, through the circumstances put in place by their employer, cannot exercise their freedoms. And generally it's of movement and access, but it's that ability to exercise what are considered normal freedoms. It sounds like perhaps businesses need to think about their own internal processes here in Australia, as well as perhaps any offshore supply arrangement. But internally, it sounds like there could be, because of course, when we're talking about slavery and some of these things you're talking about, we really start thinking immediately of offshore supply chain issues that relate to where we have a workforce from third world countries, for example. But it sounds like there are elements of this legislation that could bite the practices that businesses are involved in here in Australia when you're talking about the meal break side and all of that side of things. Is that right? Yes, to a degree. So obviously the the sweatshop image that we all have comes to mind, you know, in some of our neighbours and we think, yeah, that's, that's easy. But there's actually an interesting statistics of what they estimate of people who are actually subject to modern slavery in Australia, okay? So it's not that you might miss a break or the occasional break, but if you actually are restrained from being able to take your entitlements and your breaks, you cannot exercise your rights and you're prohibited from doing them by your employer, then modern slavery will have an impact on you in that sense. Okay, well, it's very interesting 
interesting that we can move from, I mean, we've seen from time to time clients have issues where they've perhaps misinterpreted awards over periods of time or just not been on top of award changes and not been aware of the requirement to provide meal breaks from time to time, which can ultimately lead to issues with the individual employees down the track. But it's interesting that this now might trigger bigger issues in terms of, you know, perhaps a default in a contract that you might have with a large business who's a client or that you are part of the supply chain to. Yeah, that's where we need to be a bit savvy about some of the contracts that are likely to come across for, for businesses to sign up to. So, one of the things is there is no active requirement to stop modern slavery in the legislation. It's all about reporting and the accuracy of that reporting. And that's one thing to bear to mind is some companies, I'm sure, will want to put into their contracts that you need to sign up to their processes, their policies and their procedures for how they deal with the risk of modern slavery. Now, clients need to be concerned about what they sign up to. Is it suitable for your business? Can you comply with it? Mm. Do you know what it means? That's very easy to say, yes, of course, we will comply with all of our legal obligations. But as you say, some of those obligations are hard to know. Sometimes you make a mistake. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So I guess just summarizing, the new legislation is a reporting requirement, but resulting from that reporting requirement and certainly will involve some contractual elements between organizations that are captured and their organizations that sit within their supply chain. What should small businesses, so SMEs, be thinking about? Businesses that aren't captured, what are the sorts of things they should be thinking about in terms of processes internally to ensure that if they are captured by any contractual clauses that relate to this legislation, they're probably going to be in safer ground. So one of the things to do is they need to understand the clauses they're being asked to sign up for. So the first thing is to get advice on them and make sure they know what they mean. Because look, the big companies are going to need to rely on the information that's provided and there's going to be information that's going to be needed to be provided to them to answer the questions to do their disclosure in their annual modern slavery statement. And there's going to be consequences if that information is right or wrong. So it's twofold. Understand contractually what you're signing up to do. Understand what you are committing to give because maybe information you don't want to give or how you can give it in a way that you do. You don't want to give away your trade secrets and stuff like that. If you've got a really cool supplier, you don't want that being branded everywhere so people know how to contact them. So you want to make sure, you know, can you give it while protecting your business? And then also make sure that you know the information and that it's accurate because you will be held accountable for it, if that makes sense. So they need to make sure that they know what they're signing up for, they can sign up to it and they can comply. Okay. And then if we switch gears a bit and talk about it from the perspective of the businesses who will be caught, who do sit above the thresholds of this legislation, what advice do you have, Fiona, for those businesses? What should they be thinking about now? Now, what should they be putting in process now? Yeah, look, it's time to get your house in order because this reporting statement will come in. Okay, they don't need to report right now. They're probably the first round of reporting will come in the first half of next year. But knowing your supply chain inside out and back to front and having the necessary information to understand your gap analysis, your risks to modern slavery, what you do and don't know is really important because as I said, got to get that statement right. You get that statement wrong, you're in trouble. And what you want to do, you want to prep it now. One of the things that people are hoping 
happening is that people will look at these and make modern slavery or ethical companies a basis for choosing who to engage. That's certainly going to be true for government entities. They will be looking at it. If you apply for government work, they're going to look at where you are and what you're doing. And if you're not doing enough, you're going to go down the list. I guess this also introduces, obviously, this concept of the steps that you can take to understand your supply chain. And I guess it's particularly so when we're talking about products. So say, for example, an SME that imports product or some sort of goods that it then ends up on selling to a large organisation that is captured by the legislation. What are the sorts of things that organisations should be thinking about? I mean, you know, in one sense, depending on the size of the risk, it's almost that they themselves need to investigate their own supply chains, probably to the extent of visiting, you know, I think that's probably where we're at now. What's your thought? Yeah, I mean, it'll come down to doing a risk analysis. So, for example, there's some horrible statistics that say that the Asia-Pacific region has a large percentage of what are considered people subject to modern slavery. So, you know, you may need to go and visit. You may need to look into their practices and their processes. You need to know what certainly your larger suppliers are doing. And larger will become depend on certain things. You know, it'll go down a long way. And you need to understand how they evaluate their employees, what they do, and what they those cultures are like in terms of the workplace rights and their obligations. And of course, then we should also be thinking about mirroring some of these terms in our own terms with our offshore suppliers. So I guess, you know, that's the other element of the contractual side. There's the side between the Australian organisations, but then also from the Australian organisation out to their suppliers. So there's a whole, I guess, list of things that organisations really need to be considering. And look, I I must say I have mixed feelings about the legislation. I I think my most predominant feeling, though, is that it's great for these issues to be brought so clearly to light by legislation. I think this shows the real good that can be done by legislation that creates a situation where here we are now talking about this as an issue. So I see this as a positive as well as obviously from the flip side, just another thing for businesses to get their head around, but certainly it brings a lot of attention to what are some serious issues I think out there that perhaps don't get the attention they should. I agree and it's quite interesting Australia's actually been world leading in the way they've approached modern slavery. We are the first country that will have a publicly maintained register of annual modern slavery statements that you or I or anyone in the public can go and look up and see how ethical our companies are. Yeah, amazing. Look, that is just great. I love to see the Australia the leader of <laughs> something at the forefront of something here. We, we're trailing behind the pack but I, I think put on Australia we've done well in in standing up a forefront at this particular area but of all the business if you're trying to grapple with it if you need any help then you all you need to do is contact us at aspectlegal.com.au and there you can organize a chat with Fiona or one of our legal eagles here at Aspect Legal we offer a free initial discussion where we talk to you about how this change might be applicable to your business and what you should be doing now to uh, get on top of the changes well Fiona thank you so much for coming in today. Was there anything else that you wanted to leave our listeners? No, thank you, Joe. It's delightful as always to speak with you. Fabulous. Okay. You've been listening to Talking Law. If you'd like to see a bit more information about this topic, then just head over to our website at talkinglaw.com.au and there you'll be able to check out the transcript of this episode and you'll also be able to link
link through to our lawyers at Aspect Legal if you'd like to have a chat about how this new legislation might impact your business. And finally, if you enjoyed what you heard today, then please pop over to your favorite podcast player and make sure you hit subscribe. Well, thanks again for listening in. You have been listening to Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Are you looking for a top quality legal team to assist you in your organisation? Aspect Legal is an innovative commercial legal practice that specialises in providing fast and professional services for their clients. If you'd like to chat about how we might be able to assist you, simply head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au to book in a time for a free discussion with one of our lawyers. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au. 